This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Oh, we'll see. You know, John, and that's a good segue into doing our pregame six-pack on this game. Commanders and Texans. It's a noon kickoff on um, on Sunday. I'm checking right now. Last I checked, the spread was, yep, it still is. Commanders minus three is the spread. The total on the game is 40 and a half for uh, total points scored. And I know you mentioned standings and playoffs and things like that. I'm just looking this up right now. Um, because the commanders are the first team out of the playoffs at five and five. John, six and five. If they win this game, they might be the seventh seed going into week 12. They might be, but I just don't see four teams from that division making the playoffs. Maybe they maybe they will. But Taylor Heineke, who had a cup of coffee here in December of 2017, you know, he's a good backup quarterback. He's three and one. You know, he's Cooper Rush. Now, Ron Rivera has professed everything positive about Carson Wentz. He'll be back, I'm guessing, next week from his finger injury. And they were not nearly as productive as they as they are now. Of course, they also have Brian Robinson Jr., who got shot three times in in uh and he's back and he's now the starting running back. And, yeah. And and Wentz didn't have him. So maybe they will make the playoffs, but I just can't imagine all four teams would because they're going to beat up on each other. Yep, that's true. Uh, right now all four teams in the AFC East would make the playoffs over on the AFC side, but you're right. They're all going to play each other. Uh Multiple times here at some point. All right, let's get into it, John. Pre-game six-pack. So storylines, people, wrinkles in this game coming up on Sunday between the Texans and the Washington Commanders. You go first, as always. The honor is yours, General. Thank you very much. Um, I'm writing a column on Gallery Sports about Deshaun Watson returning to practice for the Browns on Wednesday, and it reminded me Damian Pierce is here because of Deshaun Watson. Mm -hmm. So Damian Pierce uh, is my first one because he is the Texans' best player, their offensive MVP, because he is fifth in the NFL in rushing, first in broken tackles. He's top five in all the top stats you want for running back other than touchdowns. And I think that uh, uh, he will be the key you know, Washington's got four def- number one picks in their defensive line. If Chase Young plays for the first time in a year since he blew out his knee, as expected, and they're going to focus on Pierce. And if the Texans can throw the ball in the first half as they did in the second half against the Giants, I think that Damian Pierce can have a good game. But if they can't, then he's going to get stuck because he's going to find a lot of eight-man fronts focused on him. Oh yeah, no, no doubt about that. John, it's funny as you lay that out, and I'm going to talk. This leads into my uh, first uh, item to watch for the game 
on Sunday. Um, as you're laying that out, he's fifth in the league in rushing. Damian Pierce, I was just looking at an odds board as to who's going to win the rushing title. I think Derrick Henry's up there and you know a few other guys. Um, Pierce is not on that short list of guys, at least on the odds board. I think he should be just based on the usage the Texans have had. But that might be the one thing where a player on my favorite team, I'm not rooting for them to win a title of some sort, you know, home run title or scoring title, or in this case, the rushing title. Because that means that Damian Pierce will have carried the ball way, way, way too much on a team that's going to win at best probably two or three games this year, which leads me into my first one. I am anxious to see if the Texans mix in Eno Benjamin, who they just picked up off of waivers from the Arizona Cardinals earlier this week. Um, he actually had good numbers in Arizona. He had a couple good games in Arizona. Reportedly, the reason why they waived him is because he got a little sideways about his lack of usage once James Conner was healthy again. Um, so, uh, I'm anxious to see if Pep Hamilton mixes in some Eno Benjamin and takes a little bit of the load off of Damian Pierce. Cause Benjamin is a guy who at least physically is capable of, of at least, I won't say scaring a defense, but he's, he's someone at least a defense has to pay mind to unlike Rex Burkhead. I think we'll still see Burkhead on third down because he's a good he he is a good receiver. He had two catches. He averaged 14 yards on those catches and he got a first down. It may have been two. I can't remember. But but you don't just you don't just fall out of love with somebody overnight. And Pep Hamilton loves Rex Burkhead. But Benjamin, don't know how much he can learn this week. I would expect we'd see more of him in the next game. And uh, but anything is better than nothing, just so we don't have to see Burkhead carry the ball. And I still don't like the fact that we don't know why they don't like Dari Gumbawali because in the brief time he's played, he's done well, but it's obvious they don't think he can do it consistently. So they're going to bring in Benjamin. And if he didn't like his carries being reduced when James Conner got here, <laughs> he's certainly not going to like it here because he's not going to get a lot of carries because they're going to rely on Pierce, uh, who uh, the guys in leading rushers in front of him, Saquon Barkley feasted on the Texans, Derek Henry, Derek Henry feasted on them and will again, Nick Chubb will feast on them on de December 4th and Josh Jacobs feasted on them. Yeah. So I don't think there's any prayer. He's going to end up among the leaders because uh, they have, I just don't think they're all they come from teams that run the ball a lot and will continue. Sean Watson may not throw 15 passes when he plays against the Texans. He might not. Nick Chubb, Cream Hunt, they may run for 300. He might not. You may be right about that. All right. What's your next one, John? My next one is the pass rush with Jerry Hughes, who is their MVP of their defense. Jerry has eight sacks, his career high is 10. He has been, he has, he's under a two-year contract. He's been a revelation. We wondered at 33, what could he still do? He won't be 34 till August, and he has been terrific. He's done it with very little help up front. Jonathan Grenard's on injured reserve, has hurt last year, hurt this year. Uh, can't count on him to be healthy, but Jerry Hughes brings it every week. And uh, if I'm if I'm Taylor Heineke, and he moves around a lot, he's going to have to be aware of Jerry Hughes and what he can do in a game. Now, unfortunately, he is done getting help from other players mm -hmm. on the pass rush. But you look at him, 
we didn't expect anything from them. You know, uh, Shane Green had, I think, five and a half last year. Mario Addison had five and a half, six and a half. He hadn't done much. And, of course, Grenard being on uh, IR, it's Jerry Hughes and and nobody else Yeah, when it comes to rushing a quarterback. Tied for sixth in the NFL in sacks with eight right now. Leader is Matthew Judon in New England. That's been a good signing for them, John. 11 and a half. Zadarius Smith in Minnesota. Packers probably wish they still had him. Nine and a half. Nick Bosa, nine and a half. And then we got Justin Houston and Alex Highsmith with both eight and a half. And you got a lot of OGs on there, man. Judon's been around a while. Zadarius Smith, Justin Houston feels like he's been around forever. And Jerry Hughes. And there's Von Miller tied. Von Miller tied with Jerry Hughes. You got some old school guys there, John. And he has as many as Micah Parsons, and he has more than Miles Garrett. He does indeed. He does indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, John, my next one in our pregame six-pack is Kenyon Green and really the entire interior of this Texans defensive line, but particularly Green because he's the only one that really matters to people, I think. Um, A.J. Can is just a guy, and Scott Quesenberry will be replaced in the offseason. Kenyon Green was the 15th overall pick in the draft, and he's had a rough month or so with Jeffrey Simmons a few weeks ago with Fletcher Cox and uh, Hargrave in Philadelphia or against Philadelphia. And then last week uh, – Poor Kenyon Green got worked uh, against um, Dexter Lawrence of the New York Giants. I mean, really worked. Uh, two two holding penalties that were declined, one holding penalty that was accepted and nullified a touchdown. And then on the very next play after that, he allows the pressure that uh, resulted in Davis Mills' interception in the end zone. Um, Kenyon Green's had a rough month. He needs to have a better month, and it's, it doesn't get any easier with this Washington defensive line, which – on the interior has Jonathan Allen and Deron Payne, and they get Chase Young back on the edge this week, who will probably, I'd imagine, be a little rusty, but he's healthy again. Um, the Texans are going to need to run the football. More than that, they're going to need to protect Davis Mills. Davis Mills has been terrible, but I think a part of that, at least, has been that he's been getting pressured up the middle. So Kenyon Green, with a little tangential supporting nod to Quesenberry and Can on um, – on Sunday against the interior of that Washington defensive line. We, uh, I, I'm sure you do too. We have trust in the tackles. Ends yeah. haven't been hurting him. Laramie Tunzel and uh, Titus Howard have been very good. Mm-hmm. It's the interior guys. And that was an issue last year. Kenyon Green doesn't have to worry about getting, getting benched because the first guy off the bench, Justin McCray, has been terrible when he's played. Mm-hmm. So it's Kenyon or bust. He's going to have to learn from it. And uh, at some point, you'd hope it let up a little bit. And uh, my next one is going to be the world's worst run defense, 181 <laughs> yards a game. They don't have uh, traditional 100-yard runners on Washington. They have Brian Robinson, Jr., the rookie. They have Antonio Gibson, mm-hmm. the uh, veteran. And these guys are big. Robinson, 6'2", 228, and uh, – 
Gibson is 6'2 and 220. So they're going to pound that ball between the tackles. They can get around the corner, but it's going to be ground and pound, and it's going to be physical. And even if the Texans do well for a while, like they did with Saquon Barkley, that lack of talent shows because they get worn down and worn out by the opposing rushing game in the second half and especially the fourth quarter. So I expect this will be another close game because both teams rely on the run. Neither quarterback is special, and the Texans will be in it in the fourth quarter. I said this last week. I'll say it again. They're not committing a lot of turnovers. They're not giving up big plays, but that makes puts them in striking distance in the fourth quarter and in every game except Jacksonville, and they've gone straight down the tubes, and that includes the Colts game in which they had a great chance to win and blew it and tied. The Commanders ran the ball 49 times for 152 yards against Philadelphia on Monday night, which is the one of the weirdest box scores I've ever seen for a modern NFL team. Want to carry. Yeah. yeah. And here the Giants ran it 47 yeah. and averaged five, 5.1, I believe. So I would guess if we were taking the over-under on the commander's average per carry over under 3.1. I think everybody in the free world would take the over. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. 3.1. I think that I think the Texans hold them to 3.1 yards per carry. I think the Texans win the game. The, the Eagles had some egregious turnovers in that game and they were the beneficiaries of a couple of missed calls too, by the officials, or at least one, the face mask, I, you know, the roughing on Taylor Heineke, I think it to the letter of the law is the rule. I just think it's, overprotection of quarterbacks but um at any rate all right my last one john is Derek stingley jr and i'm going to plead for lovey smith to accommodate me on this for the rest of the year please let Derek stingley jr cover a a wide receiver like press coverage at the line of scrimmage i want to see Derek stingley jr and terry mclaurin uh taylor heineke is gonna have to throw the ball at some point he had to throw it against philadelphia Please, please, please let me see Derek Stingley Jr. I don't want to see any of this garbage where you've got receivers that don't have anybody within 20 yards of them running free. Um, let me see some Derek Stingley Jr. getting up on the line against Terry McLaurin, and let's see what happens. He may get baptized, John. That's what happens to rookies. But I, but we need to see it. He's the third overall pick in the draft. They could have, they can be using any fifth rounder that they could have gotten to be doing the stuff they're asking Stingley to do right now. You know, Terrence Mitchell, who was terrible here last year, plays for the Titans. I yep. watched him get an end zone, an interception to end the last game they yep. won. And I'm thinking the Titans are playing great defense with all these rejects. Counting injured reserve in the practice squad, they have 11 former Texans Jeez. on their roster, and none of them other than Lonnie Johnson was a high pick, and they're winning. And here – you got Derek Stingley Jr. just dropping, 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 guy cuts in front of him. Let him get up and let him bump him on the line, turn and run. Let's see. We know what he's made of. Let's see what he does. Yeah. I, I You know, we're going to talk to Nick Casario, I think, at some point here in the near future on our show. And that that's one of the first things I want to ask him is, you know, what – what did you envision for Derek Stingley Jr. when you drafted him? Because it can't be this, you know. The can't maybe for a yeah, year. He I ain't guess. gonna tell you what he envisioned. You I'm gonna ask that. him though, John. I'm gonna ask him, and, and it's, maybe it's not exactly what he says, but how he says it, John. How he says it. Yeah. So we'll see. Um, but um, all right. So that's our pregame six pack for you right there, getting you ready for Washington uh, and the Texans on um, on Sunday. 